This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. A surprising percentage of those in U.S. prisons are not guilty of the crime, according to some research. But a new procedure to improve the reliability of police lineups and get more details from eyewitnesses might better determine guilt or innocence. What this ensures is that we always get information from the witness that directly reflects the likelihood that the suspect is guilty. Then, instead of pulling out your smartphone, a recent study says you'll benefit more by using that time for thinking. If we don't predict there's going to be any benefit to free thinking, we're going to actively avoid doing it. And smartphones make it very easy to do that. But there are actually good reasons to just think. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. Stay tuned. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. A surprising percentage of those in U.S. prisons are innocent of the crime, according to some studies. New procedures for police investigations may better determine guilt or innocence. Here with the story, InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Joining us now is Andrew Smith, cognitive psychologist and assistant professor at Iowa State University. A team there developed a procedure that may improve accuracy of results from police lineups. Their study appears in the journal Psychology, Public Policy, and Law. Professor, first, let's just define a couple of things. Tell us how a typical so-called six-pack police lineup works. A typical lineup, as most of you have probably seen in the movies and in other media outlets, when that happens, police investigators usually have a single individual who they believe might have committed some crime in question, and that's what we call a suspect. We don't know, and police don't know, whether a suspect in a given case is actually the person who committed the crime or maybe innocent. We estimate that in about 65% of cases, that suspect happens to be innocent. And because of that, what they do to protect that person from mistaken identification in case he or she turns out to be innocent is they surround him with known innocent persons that we refer to as fillers. So those are persons who they know could not possibly have committed the crime in question. And they're there so that if a witness wants to wager a guess or mistakenly identify someone, they'll tend to land on those filler persons. And when that happens, the police investigator knows that the witness has made an error and nobody's at risk of mistaken arrest or conviction. And according to studies, how often actually do witnesses pick the wrong person, meaning that filler? That happens in about 30% of lineups approximately, and that's based on research that has looked at real-world eyewitness identification decisions. Now, describe the technique your team developed. It doesn't completely walk away from the six-pack idea, this simultaneous lineup plus rule-out procedure. Yeah, so the simultaneous lineup is the more technical name for the traditional six-pack that I just described. And that procedure, when it follows science-based best practices, it can give you really reliable evidence when the witness picks out the suspect. In fact, when a witness picks out a suspect from a good simultaneous lineup, particularly when they have high confidence, that's highly reliable evidence of guilt. 
But unfortunately, when a witness picks out one of the fillers or when they say it's none of these people, that doesn't provide very strong evidence that the wrong guy is in there, which is a problem because a lineup should also be useful for detecting when you have the wrong guy in there. And so what the rule out does is it adds to the back end of the ID procedure six additional questions. What it does is it asks the witness after making an initial ID decision and providing an additional confidence statement to look at each of the persons that she did not pick out of the lineup indicate how certain she is that that individual is not the culprit. So what this ensures is that we always get information from the witness that directly reflects the likelihood that the suspect is guilty. The police always have information about the specific person who they think might have committed the crime. And when we compare the confidence and accuracy of the current police technique versus your technique, what did you find? Well, for suspect identifications, they're the same, but for rejections, when a witness says it's none of these people, they are much stronger for the rule-out procedure than it is for the traditional simultaneous lineup. We're visiting with Iowa State University Assistant Professor Andrew Smith, a cognitive psychologist. A team is out with a system for conducting police lineups that studies show can improve the accuracy of them. Now, we talked about detecting when the suspects are innocent. Does your study suggest that the main issue then is the lineup design rather than people's limited abilities to remember things? Yes, that's exactly correct. So the problem with the traditional six-pack or simultaneous lineup is that for approximately half of all witnesses who view the lineup, it doesn't actually collect information about how strongly the suspect matches the witness's memory for the culprit. And therefore, it doesn't directly inform on the likelihood that that person is guilty or innocent. So what this rule-out procedure does is it ensures that for every single witness, we always get information that directly tells police officers about how strongly the suspect matches the witness's memory for the culprit and therefore provides information on the likelihood that that person might be either guilty or innocent. Now, have states around the country begun to change how lineups are conducted, inserting safeguards to avoid tainting the lineup? Not in regards to our particular rule-out procedure as of yet, as that's a relatively new development. But over the past 45 years, cognitive and social psychologists like myself have developed a number of science-based best practices and many police forces around the United States have begun implementing those to increase the reliability of identification evidence. So is it time for states to adopt your team's simultaneous lineup plus rule-out procedure, or is more study required? I believe that we do have a sufficient evidence base at this point, including both some computational models and several experiments at this point that would suggest that, yes, it would be a good development for law enforcement personnel to begin adopting the rule-out procedure. Fortunately, as you know, DNA evidence can correct errors that eyewitnesses make by showing the suspect did not commit the crime. Three out of four DNA exonerations in rape and murder cases involved mistaken identification. That's according to reports. But DNA tests can't necessarily fix every wrong conviction, correct? That's absolutely correct. 
Fortunately, that DNA evidence was available in a very small fraction of cases, but that evidence is essentially only available in sexual assault cases. For the vast majority of cases, we don't have biological evidence from the perpetrator, and so we don't have that at the ready to be used to exonerate individuals. And I understand there are indicators that witnesses might be making a wrong choice in a lineup, such as maybe they're slower to make the identification, or they tend to compare one person to another in the six-pack, or maybe make an identification with a low level of confidence. Should one or more of these factors be formally baked into the witness identification process to improve accuracy? All of those cues that witnesses display are already being used in order to assess accuracy in many jurisdictions. Confidence, for one, is regularly used, but certainly looking at the speed with which individuals make IDs, taking their confidence into account, considering any hesitations, any comparative processes, those are all witness behaviors that if we're low confidence, slow, using comparative processes, they suggest a lack of certainty on the part of the witness and are good markers that maybe this is a less than reliable witness. Good, strong recognition memory tends to be very fast, very automatic, and witnesses tend to be very confident in their decisions. And let's talk about one other type of lineup. Rather than presenting all six persons at once in a six-pack, some studies show that eyewitnesses are more accurate when the photos are actually shown in sequence, one at a time, according to the California Innocence Project. Have you examined that option, or do you have any opinion on that? There are sometimes small differences that appear between sequential presentation lineups and simultaneous presentation lineups. Currently, there is no recommended presentation method. Either of those approaches are consistent with best practice approaches. And the rule-out approach that we have recently developed could also easily be used in the context of a sequential lineup where we would simply ask the witness to give us a confidence rating for each person as they progress throughout the sequential procedure. So both of those presentation methods can be in line with science-based best practice recommendations. Andrew Smith, cognitive psychologist with Iowa State University. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. Next, skip the smartphone and think instead. That story, coming up. Stick around, there's more InfoTrack straight ahead.